Hello, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and also to explain why you might hear ads like this before, during, or even after an episode. We're a small but mighty team here at Realm, and to help fund our shows, we promote products or services that we think you'd enjoy from a variety of sponsors. If any of our ads interest you, one of the best ways to support us is by visiting the link or using the promo code in the ad. It's pretty much a win-win since you can get some great deals and we can keep making awesome shows like this one. You can also visit realm.fm slash partners for more information about our sponsors and how to access the different promotions. Thanks again for joining us in our corner of the universe. Listen away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You're listening to Greetings from Salton Sea, Episode 9 Identity. Kellen? Can you hear me? Kellen? That's not my name, is it? Would you prefer I call you Kevin? I don't know who I am anymore. You're you. A name isn't who you are. It's just a label. We are all who we are despite our names, or what we call ourselves, or what others call us. Names are arbitrary. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Juliet was a perceptive young woman. Because she had Shakespeare to put words in her mouth. What was the name of the rescue dog you adopted? What the fuck does that matter? Humor me, please. When we got her, her name was Charo. Did you retain that name? No, we called her Lucy. So which dog was struck by the car? Charo or Lucy? Both. Exactly. So who am I? Kellen or Kevin? There's no reason you can't be both. Yeah, well, look where that's gotten me. Neither your anguish, your grief, nor your despair are the result of confusion around your identity. I thought you were supposed to guide me to my own conclusions, Doc. Not drag me to the trough and shove my head underwater. I'm merely pointing you in the best direction for your own peace of mind. That ship sailed a long time ago, Doc. It's guilt. Good old-fashioned guilt. That's what short-circuited my memory banks. I should have been the one to have gone to meet Vernon. He was calling me. My brother died because he was mistaken for me. That's not entirely true. Vernon couldn't tell you boys apart. It didn't matter to him which one he shot and killed. He simply wanted to dispose of an inconvenient witness, whether that was Kellen or Kevin. By any other name would smell as sweet. Yeah, I got it. So tell me this since you're so fucking smart. Why didn't I remember my brother was dead? Why did I believe all these years that he simply disappeared? Are you asking for my opinion? 
Well, I'm not asking you to whistle Dixie, Doc. Because you were traumatized. You were a dependent minor who was only 12 years old. You were a sensitive young boy who was in denial because the truth was too terrible to accept, much less to contemplate. You mean the fact that my father killed my brother and made me lie about it? If your brother was only missing... Then he wasn't dead. And what happened wasn't my fault. By taking on your brother's name, he never died. But I did. Symbolically, yes. I still don't have a clue where we're going with this. Oh, I think you do. Because I'm the dreamer, and you're nothing more than an aspect of my dream? <laughs> I thought you preferred hallucination. Same difference. Remember what Jung said? Dreams are messages from the unconscious mind, and the darkest dreams contain imagery that not only illustrates our internal conflicts, but leads us to their resolution as well. This is the resolution. Then why do I feel so miserable? A resolution isn't the same thing as a happy ending. Why can't they be one and the same? You know I can't answer a rhetorical question. So... No one who descended into this underworld inferno with me is real. I've been alone this whole time, with a ticking metronome trying to self-hypnotize myself into enlightenment. There's no Frank, or lifeguard Lenny, or Detective Dove, or strange duck at the coroner's office. Did I even strangle Jill? Or did Vernon kill her like all the others? I don't know. Is it me and my psychosis, or my psychosis and me? Is that how you view what's transpired? Oh, for God's sakes, Doc, you can drop the Socratic shrink-speak interrogatives now. The jig is up. We're not through here. No, I think we are. Why did you try to kill yourself, Callan? Why does that matter now? It matters. Because the scales fell from my eyes. And when they did... What did you see? Nothingness. Hello? Is somebody in there? Who's that? Who's out there? It's me, Lenny. Lifeguard Lenny. Lenny? Oh, thank God. Lenny! Can you open the door? Please? Is that you, Mr. Rucker? Hang on, fella. Give me just a minute here. Oh, thank God. Thank you. Thank you. You're real. Of course I am. You've been out in the sun again without a hat. Shame on you. You need another bottle of water? I got one in my bike basket. Oh, my. Why are you chained up like that? Somebody playing a prank? If so, it looks like it's gotten out of hand. Is this one of them fraternity things? Do you have any boat cutters on you? No, but, uh... Move along. I'll take it from here. Frank? You heard me. Skedaddle. Police, if you don't move along, I'll put a bullet in your bike tire. And then one in your tin hat. It's aluminum. You say potato, amigo. I say vamoose. I'm going, I'm going. You take care now, fella. Thanks, Lenny. 
Here, let me unhook you, Rucker. You know you got tears streaming down your face, right? You got some sort of seafood allergy I didn't know about? I'm so glad to see you, Frank. I am so grateful that you came back for me. I don't know how to thank you enough. You can thank me by letting go now. We're at the point where a hug becomes a tad uncomfortable. Oh, sorry. Go on, get in the car. You came back. Yeah, for my metronome. I paid a pretty penny for it at the swap meet. Want a toke? No thanks. It worked. Your plan, it was unconventional, but it worked. Thought it might, seeing as you started out a few cards shy of a full deck. How many days was I locked in there? Days? You were in there maybe three hours max. I thought you were a hallucination. That you weren't real. <laughs> From your mouth to the IRS's ears. Trust me, Boyle, I'm as real as a heart attack. How does the dreamer know he's dreaming? Here's how. Ow! Make a note of that. You don't feel pain in a dream. And you can't smell a damn thing when you're dreaming either. Breathe deep. If you aren't nauseated by the Salton Sea stink, you're either not alive or you're not awake. Some folks say you can't read when you're dreaming, but I can personally attest that's not the case. What's this label on the bottom of my metronome? Made in Germany? I arrest my case. Is it true? Did Vernon really have something to do with all those missing women? Well, he sure as shit didn't shoot your brother and dump him into the lake lashed to a cinder block 20 years ago just for giggles. He was covering his evil ass. Based on my sworn declaration of your excited utterances and the fact of the recovered unlicensed handgun, Detective Dove was able to finagle a warrant to search the premises and grounds of 2363 Seabird Lane. She's out there as we speak. Already dug up two bodies in the backyard. Bound to be at least 17 more. Vernon buried them there? At our house? Right in the backyard pool pit. Least you now know why your parents never moved. Explains a lot, don't it? We didn't have a pool. No, but when your parents bought the house, it sure as shit had a hole dug for one. Old Vernon put on a metal cover and covered it with sod. Constructed a little tiny trap door he camouflaged with a backyard barbecue. Nobody was none the wiser. And with this stink, who's gonna pick up the wafting scent of decomp? Not even me, and I've got a nose like a bloodhound. I think I'm gonna be sick. Barf bag! <laughs> Feel better? No. Nothing came up. I think we've had this conversation before. What's gonna happen to Vernon? That particular demented septuagenarian psychopath has been arrested. Considering his mental condition, I expect he won't stand trial. He'll plead, but he'll spend the rest of his life locked up. He won't even know he's in prison. He'll be conducting open houses like he was a free man. Probably collecting commissions, too. Say it with me. God, grant me the serenity to, to accept, accept the, the things, things I cannot, cannot change. change. You're an alcoholic, too? Oh, fuck no. I get high on life, Boyle. You ought to try it. How long have you suspected Vernon? I didn't. Not until you rolled into town like a glassy-eyed tragedian stirring up the long-settled dust. 
I had my sights set on lifeguard Lenny for a while. Lenny? The dude wears a tin hat. It's aluminum. Whatever. Only problem with the lifeguard as a suspect is that he never had a car. Never even had a driver's license. Hard to cruise the highway abducting working girls without wheels. You want to go see your mother, Rucker? She's still at the house. Did she know? How could she not have some inkling of what was going on? Vernon was an active predator for 30 fucking years. I mean about my brother. What do you think? No. I don't want to see her. I don't ever want to see her again. I never want to see either of them again. Good. Because here comes your ride. My ride? Come on. I've got your suitcase in my trunk. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. You're alive. Kevin, darling, don't cry. It's all right now. It's all right. I thought you were dead. Just a little ruse to rattle your cage, Rucker. You lied to me, Frank. When cops do it, it ain't lying. It's an investigative technique. You're not a cop anymore. Force of habit. But I'm not sorry. It's results that count. But I am sorry we let you think I was dead. That you might have even killed me. Had to be done. Had to force the issue. Fuck up, boyo. Happy days are here again. Suitcase. Wallet with ID. Thanks, Uncle Frank. You're welcome, kitten. Uncle Frank? Frank is your uncle? My mother's brother. The one you told me about? The very same. Better head for the hills, kids. You don't want to still be in Salton Sea if Helen Dove decides she wants to chat. That woman is as tenacious as a bulldog with a burr up its butt. We're on our way. But what hot case was Detective Dove working on if it wasn't Jill's murder? Garden variety homicide. Somebody shot and killed Stan, the owner of the Salton Sea Motor Court Motel. He was 50 grand deep to loan sharks, and too bad for him. The insurance payout for his property burning to the ground didn't come soon enough. Probably whacked by an enforcer. Hot, but not a hot potato. Helen will solve it in a day or two. Her solve rate is through the roof. Sayonara, kiddos. See you two lovebirds at Christmas. Love you, Uncle Frank. Love you back, kitten cat. And I'll see you when I see you, Rucker. Keep your head screwed on straight. Hasta la vista, baby. My car's right over there. What? Oh, 
So? So? Do you still want to be called Kellen? I don't know. I've been Kellen longer than I was ever Kevin. You can call me whichever you want. In my heart, I always wanted to believe it wasn't you who disappeared. I wanted to go see you when you were in the hospital, but we moved away before I could. If I'd been able to, I would have known who you were. I always could tell you two apart. Because you cared. I still care. I care about you. I always have. Maybe I could have helped. I don't think anyone could have helped. I was catatonic for a long time. I didn't know who I was. I'm not okay now, Jillian. I'm a ruin. No better than Sultan C. Barely left standing. But you are still standing. You are as resilient and strong as your brother Kellen ever was. You're my Kevin. My amazing boy. No. I broke. And breaks heal. Whether bones or psyches, that's how they're made. They knit and can become strong again. <laughs> Detective Dove thought you'd gone to Hollywood to be an actress. <laughs> oh my. I'd forgotten about that. It's true, though. I dreamed of being in the movies until I was maybe 13. After that, I was academically inclined. What is it that you do, Jillian? I'm a clinical psychologist. Mostly I evaluate patients for potential psych holds. Oh, so you... When Uncle Frank called me and told me your brother's bone had been found on the beach, I knew it was only a matter of time. Delusions are fragile. They're like glass. They can't withstand much pressure. You figured out who I was. Eventually. Recently. I read everything you published online. It was gradual, but I began to realize who you were. But you followed me on Twitter. You could have... I could have what? Dissuaded you from the protective reality you'd successfully cloaked yourself in for nearly 20 years? Not so successfully. All things considered pretty damn good. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I've been biding my time, Kevin. Until you needed me. I'm not even yet sure what's real and what's not real. We've got the whole way to Seattle to figure it out. You're going home with me? Yes. And I won't ever leave your side again unless you ask me to. I won't ever ask you to. Then let's go home, my one. Puget Sound, Seattle Psychiatric Institute, Dr. Lubitsch's office, Rob speaking. Yes, I'll tell him. Reception has a confirmed delivery package for you at the desk, doctor. Uh, fine, I'll pick it up later. Where's the patient who was in here, Robbie? He was in restraints, so he couldn't have wandered off. He was admitted. Sent down to locked ward for suicide watch about a half an hour ago. Under whose authority? I had barely begun my assessment. Dr. Martins. She authorized his admittance personally. I'm sorry, I thought you knew. No, I did not. And I thought we were off to such a promising start. A shame we didn't get the chance to proceed with our discussion. 
Where's my metronome? Oh, uh, Dr. Martin took it with her. She took it away with her? My personal possession? I believe she took it on behalf of the patient. She said it had a calming effect on him. Oh, well then, that's all right. Please, send in our next patient. Yes, doctor, right away. And please refill the mini-fridge with some more of those electrolyte drinks, will you? Yes, doctor. Knee bone connected to the thigh bone. Thigh bone connected to the hip bone. Hip bone connected to the back bone. Hear the word of the Lord. It's the color of Sultan Sea I will always remember. That bizarre radioactive sapphire blue. A shade that shouldn't exist in nature. The touched-up blue you find in travel posters depicting an idealized Adriatic. The blue artist Maxfield Parrish used to illustrate a sky in an ancient land that only existed in his crazy, vivid imagination. A too-good-to-be-true shade of blue. And it was too good to be true. It was both all too good and all too terrifying to be real. It was... Give it a rest, will you, Rucker? The poor, poor, pitiful mace that gets old faster than yesterday's news. Frank? What? You thought you were going to ride off into the sunset with a beautiful dame? That you'd be saved by the love of a good woman? A grand plan, but that's not how it happens in real life, Boyle. How? How did you get back in my head? I'm resourceful. You left the window open, so I climbed right in. But this medication is supposed to... Supposed to what? Banish me? Not likely. I'm a fucking force of nature. This is not the happy ending I sought. What the hell am I, then? Chopped liver? You think you're entitled to better treatment than all the rest of us? Why? Because you're wobbly in the head? You may be a wackadoodle, but you're not immune to real life. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world out there, Rucker. Not a land of milk and honey. Oh, buck up. You gave it the old college dry. You managed to mentally lasso yourself a daddy figure who would listen to your innermost whinings and offered measured consolation? Rustled up an easy-on-the-eyes skirt, willing to spout unconditional love while washing your sins away on bended knees. That's a hell of a feat. Count your blessings, son. Or don't count your chickens before they're hatched. I forget which it is. It all goes back to Christ on the cross. No last-minute reprieve. Like my old church-going granny used to say, no epiphany for the executioners that would stay their hand. Whatever the hell that means. Question for you. Why did the chicken cross the road? Is this a trick question? It sure as hell ain't a rhetorical one. That ain't my style. You got an answer? To get to the other side? Exactamundo. Same damn reason Julius Caesar crossed the Rubicon. Uh, I don't think that's exactly why Caesar embarked. Uh, go with me on this. Okay, have it your way. Caesar crossed the Rubicon for the same reason the chicken crossed the road. 
to get to the other side. Bingo! Short and sweet is usually the answer. Anything beyond that is fluff, just like Occam's razor. You know what Occam's razor is, Frank? You know it, so I know it. What, you blank on the definition? Too much on your mind lately? Ow! (laughs) That'll clear the cobwebs. Now, old Occam said the simplest explanation is usually correct. He actually said plurality must never be posited without necessity. Well, fuck me and the horse I rode in on. Or, basically, the answer that requires the fewest assumptions is generally the correct one. Same difference, bright boy. Then what's the simple explanation? The bow is about to break. The bow? A bow is a main branch of a tree. Oh, I know that, Frank. Or else you wouldn't know it. You mean like the lullaby, rockabye baby. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks... The cradle will fall, and down will come baby, cradle and all. (laughs) Ha ha, a classic, that one. I don't know about you, but I like to picture a dewy-eyed young mother sing-songing those words while bent over her cooing infant in her handmade cradle. Warms the heart, don't it? Classic sayings are the best. Like, give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Unless he lives in Sultan's Sea, and he either starves to death or poisons himself. Touché. That smack upside your head did you some good. How about, give a man enough rope. And he'll hang himself. Got it in one. What was that? The bow just broke. Am I dead? Is this nothingness? You tell me, Rucker. Either you hanged yourself from the branch of a tree, or you broke like a bucking bronco out of the rodeo gate from reality. You mean a psychotic break? I'm at the precipice of a tautology. A thinking man encounters the unthinkable. No, it's not. Come on. What the fuck is it with you? Why does everything have to be so complicated? Life isn't that way. It's simple. You choose. So choose already. What's it gonna be? You got your wheels nearby, Frank? Atta boy. Wanna hit? If nothing else, it banishes the fucking salt and sea stink. Why not? Bliss. Plain and pure. Gaseous nectar of the gods. Let's take a celebratory drive around the lake. What do you say? Well, not again. We need to drop any tail we might have picked up. How could we have... Never mind. Whoa! You finally learning to pick your battles? Well, miracles never cease. You figured it out, bright boy. The whole ball of wax. Solved the scenario. Exposed the crime. Outed your psycho daddy Honored the memory of your dead twin. Laid your memories as bare as all those fucking bones on the beach. Exercised your demons. Or whatever the hell you want to call them. Yeah. But at what cost? Oh, don't be so hangdog. There's always a price to pay. 
The trick is not to look too soon at the price tag. Hey! Fucking flying rats! Buckle up! Put the pedal to the metal, Frank! Now you're talking! There's another pistol in the glove box. We'll be like Butch and Sundance rip-roaring through the California desert. Let's give these feather-brained scavengers a run for their money. Greetings from Salton Sea is created by Cassandra Wells and Charlie Randazzo. Written by Cassandra Wells. Directed by Charlie Randazzo. Produced by Fred Greenhalge and Marco Palmieri. Executive produced by Cassandra Wells, Daniel Kamen, Molly Barton, and Julian Yap. Performed by Daniel Kamen, Tom Bayer, Jeff Blumberg, Marta Cross, Harry Gawillam, Jackson Gawillam, Mark Irvingson, Charlie Randazzo, Time Winters, and Tracy Winters. Post-production producer, Daniel Kamen. Sound design and editing by Charlie Randazzo. Music by Quiet on the Set. Additional cover art by Heather Mason. Production manager, Devin Shepard. Production coordinator, Angela Yi. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Find more shows like this on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.